You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 128 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. We are back. I'm not a sick boy anymore. I'm feeling 100 times better, Drew. I'm on the biotics. I took steroids for the first time. Oral steroids, not D-ball, no injections in, in my booty. I wanted a penicillin shot. They didn't have it. But I That's just my favorite. To, yeah, dude, aren't they? They don't, they don't have them anymore. Wait, what? The doctor, it's the a Louisiana doctor, thing? I, I guess. I don't know. The doctor that I went to was like, we, we, they, we don't have penicillin shots. You have to take antibiotics. I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't like so, your doctor. I don't either. That's why I don't go to doctors. Um, that's why I went to an urgent care. I'm There's not, nothing I'm like not, getting that shot and you feel better like 12 hours. Oh my God. It's amazing. So anyway, but yeah, I had to get steroid pills and then antibiotics. So throat's been a little dry. Bacteria is gone. No more strep throat. I'm back. Garage fam, I'm sorry. We didn't have the show for you Friday. But if you subscribe to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page, you got two blog posts from me this weekend, and you got Drew's DFS rankings and best bets, as always. So there was that to compensate a little bit for it. But we're back. We're back in action. I think that's the only time I'm that, that's the I'm, I'm go ahead and put it out into the universe. I'm going to speak it into existence. It's the only time I'm getting sick this year. I like that mindset. I hate being sick too. And 2019 was a good year of health. So I think I'm going to follow it up 2020 the same. Right. I was only sick once in 2019 with, with, uh, I want to say I had a really bad cold. So this a time sinus infection. Yeah, something like that. So now it was like strep throat. Because remember, remember, I told you, I was like, I got chills. Like, I was like, I haven't felt like this horrible in forever. Like, since I was in high school, which was the last time I had strep throat. So, if it happens again, tonsils are coming out. And you might be solo boy in like for one week. So, there's that. But it's not going to happen because I'm not you getting just spoke sick it anymore. to existence. No, I didn't. said if it did, but it's not. It's okay. not going to happen. Gotcha. All right. So we're good. We're back on track. But yeah, patreon.com slash garage guys. That's where you found all of our content over the weekend. You can still get over there right now. There's still football on, which means there's still DFS rankings and best bets, still be blog posts. And of course, we're back on the pod. So good times. Wanted to go ahead and say before we get started into this crazy, wild divisional playoff recap. RIP to Neil Pert. The drummer from Rush has passed away. He's been battling brain cancer. Hate to see a legend like that go. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show with some of our other segments, um, but had to open up the show with some Tom Sawyer. Just a, just a good good jam to just get, get the blood flowing, get started, get pumped back up because, I don't know, I felt like after this weekend of football that, like, that song just matched up because, like, I just wanted to just be partying with, with, with the homies. You know what I mean? Like this, this football weekend that we just got finished with was probably just, just Saturday. Saturday with the Titans beating the Ravens was one of the most energetic times I've felt since like the Saints went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there was a little while there where I thought we were going to have a Texans-Titans um, AFC championship game. which A very short amount of time. 
<laughs> Very true, right? but I mean, I, I was starting to think, have we ever seen a, a six seed versus a four seed? I would think no would be the answer. I would have loved to have seen it, but it didn't happen. But if it would have happened, it would have been incredible. It would have been in Houston, which would have been cool. Um, yeah. I prefer the way it happened, though. Personally. I do, too. Arrowhead just seems like a, a tight place for an AFC championship, plus the red and the blue. You know I'm a big red-blue boy. Titans need to bring them red helmets out. Real talk. You know what's up. Mike Vrabel, make it happen when you win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Is he going to break out the stash? Oh, dude, no. No, he can't. He, he's been stashless, so he's got to stay stashless. Did he not have it to, uh, yesterday? No, he doesn't have a stash. He's shaved face. He's bald baby boy. Okay. Bald baby boy. Maybe it was just a little facial <clears throat> hair. Maybe it was a little beard action. He's know. a regular season stash guy. So next next year he'll have to have baby face so that he can have the mustache to the playoffs. So we'll see. Whatever Vrabel's doing right now, he needs to just continue it because it's great, And along with the other Titans team. A lot of football to talk about. Let's go ahead <laughs> and dive in. Dude, I'm, I'm just so hyped. It's late I was about to night. say – I was about to say, continue doing what you're doing by uh, just giving the ball to Derek Henry 30 times a game. That's it. That's all you got to <laughs> do. Right, Tommy Tannehill, just, oh, my God. I cannot wait to talk about that game. But we'll get to it. Okay, so four games over this weekend. Let's go ahead and just start off with the most recent one. We just got finished watching. Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks. A couple weeks ago, I originally predicted – the Seahawks to win this game, but it was based off of the Saints beating the 49ers if the Saints were to make it, which they didn't. Everything kind of changed. Momentum shifted. Everything's – nothing is what I thought it would be right now in this very moment, which makes it super exciting and just the the level of just sheer NFL fan – is just raging inside of me. And I'm sure it's inside of you and everyone else that listens to the show and everyone else is just a fan of the NFL in general. The game tonight played out perfectly for Green Bay. Did you think Russell Wilson was going to come down and score at the end? I know I did. They got the ball and it was yeah. 23-28. Yeah, dude, because you can't count him out on something like that. You know, you can't, you can't count him out on that. Marshawn Lynch got to get in the end zone, but he just wasn't – supposedly wasn't looking – you know, like his normal self as he was all them years, but that's also because he's an older man. He's eaten a lot of Skittles. He's smoked a lot of weed in Oakland. It happens. You know what I mean? He's only there so he doesn't get fined at the end of the day. And he's just really good at running through motherfuckers' faces. So He's there for that morale boost, just that, you know, even if he gets three or four yards, there's a certain um, electricity when Marshawn Lynch beast mode is in the Seahawks backfield. That's what he was there for. That's it. He's like cock eagle. Like the left eyes looking to the right, the right eyes looking to the left. He he literally is the Seahawks mascot at this point. And I think that they should just hire him to just stand by Pete Carroll full time. You'll never know where he's looking. And he'll just always he would be a great running back coach. They need they need him there. They need him there. He's the hoodie and just chilling with some on the sideline right next to Pete Carroll. And anytime, anytime Pete Carroll needs some gum, I think Marshawn got that hands it to him. Dude, you you just made Marshawn Lynch a job. He's got job security now for the rest of his life. So thank Drew for that. Drew just Drew just spoke that. We spoke that into existence. We're uh, we're we're speakers of truth today. But yeah, the the game itself, I really did think that the Seahawks have what it they they do have what it takes with Russell. But it's just the mo- the momentum was all there. I don't know if you heard Lambo or not, but it was rocking. Definitely. 
you know, great home field advantages today, both, both games. Yes. Yes. Big time. Um, it didn't start out that way first earlier with the chiefs, but like I said, we'll get into this, but dude, got to talk about this. So I did not see Devonte Adams having the game that he had with 39 fantasy points on DraftKings, 160 receiving yards, two touchdowns, eight receptions for, for the kid. What a night. And just being able to continue doing what Devonte Adams does best, always going to be a great DFS option, all reliable, keeping Aaron Rodgers young, even though Aaron Rodgers only scored one more point than Ryan Tannehill in DFS. Uh, Made some uh, great throws today, some tight windows. Yes, he did. He looked and, great. And you got to love, like, the little cherry on top of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the win with the last throw to seal the game to Jimmy Graham, who was the tight end for the Seahawks for for set amount of years. And he even came out when he was doing his uh, his, his post-game with Aaron Andrews, and he said, you know, we, we had to get it to Jimmy. <laughs> like down there, you know what I mean? Like, dude, he sounded like he was, he was back on morphine again. After yeah, did he that. talk about his knee? No, he did not say a word about the knee. But Aaron Rod – I mean uh, – Oh my God, Aaron Andrews tried. There's too many Aaron's. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Andrews. Aaron Andrews tried to get him to give a motto because supposedly he gives mottos in post games, and I wasn't aware of this. I guess I haven't been watching too many of them, but now I gotta go online to watch all of his post game stuff so that I can get all of these mottos and monologue them for an opening for our for our show like we normally do. So that's gotta that happen. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, so just Aaron Rodgers' mottos. So, yeah, he, he didn't have one. He said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to drink some scotch. I'm going to get ready to go to San Francisco. We're on to San Francisco. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, then he's like the bravado that the man He's so has. dry. He is. He's so dry. It's just like there's not much that gets him excited and there's not much that gets him down unless he's on morphine. So, yeah, got a lot of personality. Got to get him back on the pills for sure. In, in my Patreon article, I did write about, you know, don't, don't really go for these defenses. Um, I didn't think that the defenses were going to be that great because it was going to be such a back-and-forth game, which we, I was right on that one. We hit that on point if you did get to read my blog post for today that came out this morning. But I uh, was a little bit shook with uh, the Geronimo Allison. I, I, had a, I thought Geronimo Allison was going to get a lot more action in this game. He finished out with two you know, fantasy points on DraftKings. Wasn't the greatest night for him, but that all just kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Devontae Adams just saying, yeah. I'm the only receiver. I step up. This is what I do. Like, this is my territory, bitch. Sit down. So, And I don't understand how – so I don't think the Seahawks D, first of all, is very good. I've said that all year. <clears throat> I've said that all year, but how do you not stop or try to stop Devontae Adams and make all these no-name guys beat you? I couldn't I couldn't believe there was no adjustment made by Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Just kind of shook by that. The beauty of it is, and I think the main reason why, is because when they're so focused on shutting down Devontae Adams, they just get the energy, and that's when Aaron Jones just goes ham. So it's like, you know, there's they with Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams on that team, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to do anything. And all the people that are out there saying this is the worst 13 and three team, it's like, obviously, they're not that bad. Let's be real. Yeah. They don't make mistakes for the most part. Not a they're lot of turnovers. Not making them. 
when it counts. Yeah. It counts. This is when it counts right now. So I want that. I want that take to be canceled. Like shut that take down. It's over. They're a good team. They're here. Yeah, people kind of viewed them the same way as the Patriots in terms of their record compared to what you see on the field. Um, I guess the people just gave the Patriots a little bit more benefit of the doubt because of their history. But honestly, I think this Packers team's pretty complete other than not having a, a second weapon on the outside. It's, it's consistent. So the only the only incompleteness the, the I think the only reason the Seahawks didn't win this game was because of their run game. You know, with, with that being the way that it is, I mean, losing Chris Carson's obviously a huge deal. I mean, and you definitely do have to turn more to that passing game. You know, you're not going to see those big numbers like we saw at Chris Carson out of Marshawn Lynch and uh, and this other kid that they got that was, I think it was on the, the practice squad. Yeah, Travis Homer. Yeah, yeah, Travis Homer at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't have the best game either, but he's more they, – they're trying to establish him more as the, the passer, but it's not really going to matter because Carson's going to be back next season so it's whatever really Rashad Penny too gotta have him and Rashad yeah so I mean you're gonna you're gonna have the healthier backfield back next year and you know see what happens from there but I think that's really the only thing that kept the Seahawks you know away from from taking this thing home for a win because Russell played a good game uh Tyler Lockett 31 fantasy points love that 136 yards nine receptions and a touchdown Seahawks D you gotta call them out a little bit I don't think they played a very good game no, they're definitely not the Legion of Boom anymore. And and people have to understand that they that how how many years are you going to be in a rebuild? That's the question that you got to ask in in Seattle. They definitely have to go after some def- defensive players this year in the draft. That's the only way to to kind of get over that hump. Yeah, now you have Clowney, so you got to decide, you know, what you're going to do with him. Is he part of that rebuild or is he I mean if you if you take him away from that team, then you really you don't have any stars. So No shit. Just depends on what they want to do. If they want to ride Russell Wilson. I hope he scores thirty-one points a game. Then your defense might keep struggling. It's just going to depend on what they do in the draft, like you said. And if they sign any free agents. Another player that I was stupid disappointed in that I thought would get a little more action, but then again, he didn't need it because Tyler Lockett was able to do what the hell he needed to do. David Moore was another one of the guys that I had on the DFS radar. Um, he ended up with a huge dud, point sixty. Like literally, like nothing. He had six rushing yards. That was it. Game. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what you risk when you play somebody besides the two receivers in Seattle. But I thought he was a pretty good play at thirty nine hundred. So I'm with yeah. you there on being disappointed. Yep, Alan Lazard was another one people had in mind. But like I said, just Ugh. this 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 came down. This I was came- gonna. I was. I gotta. I gotta stop you there. He was like the play for me this week. I thought he was such a good play because I thought the Seahawks would cover the one guy that was really, really good at football and Devontae Adams. And I thought right. he would be the guy that step up. Yeah, no, I don't think – I mean, there's definitely, you know, your, your Packers fans that play DFS and, and things like that that were probably all over Devontae. But other than that, like for the, for the normal player that's out there that's, that's, you know, splitting things up, for the people that are reading the Patreon, you know, posts that you write, we, we all knew that Lazard was going to be one of those value guys. I think he was 4,500 on DraftKings. Dude, yeah, it's just uh, – it's unfortunate for that. But at the end of the day, Packers are moving forward. Aaron Rodgers is going back to Cali. Maybe maybe he'll go spend some time with his family. Dan- Danica's going to bring the crystals out. They're going to meditate. They're going to sing some kumbaya. Do you, do you think it would happen, or are we? is that a long shot? Maybe the 49ers can arrange some kind of awkward encounter between Aaron Rodgers and his team – or Aaron Rodgers and his family, and that's how they get under his skin. 
dude, if Kyle Shanahan did that, he would be that, that would be, that's Bill Belichick moves, but way more sinister. And I think that he would like rise up to maybe like four points under Bill Belichick energy as a coach. If he did that, I wouldn't put it past Kyle. I mean, he seems like he would do that type thing. It's like Shanahan, you dog, you dirty dog. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear him. I can hear him coming out and like, and then like, like Shanahan would like be out on the field, like, and he's like, hey, Aaron. And he just like pops open a bottle of pills and he shuffles them around. He's like, oh, what do we got here? And he's like, money. Like, I feel like Shanahan's that guy. I would love, like, like, uh, what's the coach off the water boy? The, uh, the old, the older guy that I know know you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing out there? You stu- stu- stupid. Like that's the energy that Kyle Shanahan needs to bring is that coach, but, but win and not lose to Bobby Boucher in the, in the bourbon bowl. I think it's safe to say we're Shanahan boys. Yeah, we are. We love Kyle 100%. Shanahan. And also do you like, I don't know if anybody else notices this, but like Shanahan's style, his clothing style. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. Do you realize that his hat reminds me? It reminds me of like one of those uh, those hub. They have like the, this cat brand called Hub. They're like the like the little the the new little Tyler the Creator style hats. Like they have the little square. He's got his little blacked out leather square with the 49ers logo. And it's just a red snapback. His whole swag is just like look. He like ordered his whole outfit off of the NFLStreetgear.com. Like that's that's what he's bringing to this game now. He he's like fuck the vests, fuck the polos. I'm just gonna look like that dude that was right out of the Fubu magazine, but I sewed my clothes up a little tighter. Yeah, he rocks the. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He rocks the hoodie and hat look a lot too. Yeah, have you ever seen that? Like the like the white hoodie with like a black shirt and a red hat. He does that a lot too. Yeah, he's definitely rides all NFL <clears throat> gear. It's all NFL.com or whatever. NFL.com street gear. He's got like a direct like link and it just gets, it just gets delivered by a drone. He's a, he's a Matt khaki guy. There you go. So other than the clothing that's going on in, in Santa Clara, let's talk about the style of gameplay that's going on in Santa Clara. Uh, Vikings 49ers. Why would any TV analyst think that the Vikings were going to win that game? Can you answer that question for me, Drew? I don't think it's the worst take, um, but I certainly don't think it should have had the momentum that you saw. I think you saw a lot of analysts pick them to win straight up. Um, yeah. like, I, like I said, Way it's not the worst many. take to me, but to, 49ers have been so good all season. <clears throat> and they're basically just a better version of the Vikings, You know, a team that has a good defense, good run game, um, explosive offensive weapons. The Vikings just aren't quite up to speed it really made the saints loss look worse though is my take (laughs) it did well you you said it best the the vikings aren't up to speed because you can only go so fast in a minivan which is what Kirk cousins drives so you have to keep that in consideration of all the times like you think a quarterback's gonna get to the super bowl and roll up in a kia or is that dude rolling up in, in the Benz or the Rolls Royce? You know what I'm saying? If Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins would buy a new car, then like a, like a nice car, like a Lambo, like a purple Lamborghini, and like Rick Ross and Skrillex were with him rolling up to the game, I, I would I would have got behind the Vikings take that they could have beat him. I'm in support of the minivan. So 
we're going to okay. disagree there. Have you seen the minivan? No. Pull but a picture. I already know I support it. Pull a picture along with everyone listening to this right now. Pull a picture up of the minivan and then tell me if you think that's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Okay. That's what I'm Absolutely. You see it? Yeah. You're looking at that's, it? That's the I actually like Kirk Cousins more now. We have we have two different views of of what's real. But see like Jimmy GQ, this is a man that has swag and finesse and he's going to put on that white suit. He's going to go ask Mia Khalifa if she'd like to go have coffee and fuck in the bathroom. And that's the energy you need to win a Super Bowl. You're calling Aaron Andrews baby. And then you've got just crazy shit going on in the backfield. You don't know if it's Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, which by the way, a little upset. I thought that Breida was going to be the guy. However, it was not. It was Tevin Coleman. Um, it's like a guessing game, isn't it? It was, man. Because, like, dude, I was so – and I'm, I'm so disappointed for anybody that listened to my take on Matt Breida this week because that got everyone a whopping .70 fantasy points. My heart hurts for myself and for everybody else because I had him in a lot of lineups. Tevin Coleman with 25 fantasy points, though. He was the nowhere. dude. Came out of nowhere, was the guy. And there wasn't a lot of people on him at all in this game. Yeah, he was definitely – so Mostert was about 20 25% owned, and then Coleman was very low-owned. Brita was even more low-owned, so it was just crazy. Other than him, though, dude, when you're really looking at, uh, at DraftKings, looking at the points and the fantasy points this week, there really wasn't a lot of high scores from, the, from that no. San Francisco. So when you would, if you were just looking straight at fantasy points, you would probably be like, this team had to lose. <laughs> because right. because you're you're looking around, but then again, and then you look for the Vikings, and I think that the the most points that was scored on the Vikings team was what uh, Stefan Diggs with a uh, like long touchdown, thirteen point yeah. seventy fantasy points. Which, by the way, I picked Diggs to be that guy. So I think that my Vikings takes are back on. There so we're go. back. We're, we're going hot again. So I'm going to keep an ugly team. fantasy day overall. Just yeah, it really was. That was a, a very ugly fantasy game. Uh, 49ers defense, 14 fantasy points. Couldn't go wrong with that. I played them in all of my lineups. Um, so good going if you took them and you were smart enough to pull that trigger. But, yeah, ugly fantasy game. Good win overall for the 49ers, though. I saw that coming. And I think we differentiated, you know, like we said earlier, about how I was seeing a lot of stuff with the Vikings and – the analysts and everything. But now that I'm becoming I'm, I'm an official bet boy now, I'm a betting boy. Uh, I, I go to sports books now, you know, I'm educating myself into the bet world. I'm, I'm, I'm still dabbling in my fantasy, of course, and we're still doing our fantasy digs, but, but I gotta, I gotta diversify a little bit. So now I'm understanding that you heard me talk enough about it that you had, to I have, it. I have drew, you know, you, you've brought, you've brought the, uh, the, you brought Vegas to the pod. <laughs> so that's what so vegas drew vegas dean um bringing it in and, and now I'm, I'm exploring new territories getting a little bit away from dfs a little more into uh balancing out my portfolio in sports uh sports i guess you would say income so <laughs> loving it loving sports, uh, sports sports potential income right right check out my sports portfolio like i put on suits just to go to buffalo wild wings now and I bring like I have like a nice pad folio with me and I open it up and I'm like, you guys want to check these spreads that I just learned how to work? Check this out. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm presenting it and then the bartenders are just like, do you, do you want a Pepsi? I'm like, sure. You know, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. 
instead of um just digging into the wings and getting food all over you now you like have a handkerchief you pull out you like tuck it in your shirt you get real serious when you're eating food right and then, and then i write down my definitions of like of like how over unders work on the handkerchief and then when i wipe it the ink gets smeared and then it just goes directly to my bloodstream so the knowledge is transferred um so it's good it's, it's a working life. process we're working That's on it, baby we're learning we're learning new new times new things old, old dogs can learn new tricks but um but yeah so vikings goodbye uh did you see and we're, we're going to talk a little more about you know some some stuff going on on twitter some memes and everything later but just kind of bouncing off this real fast did you see where michael thomas had his uh, his time to shine on twitter and they uh, a reporter from channel four wwl and uh, i think it was baton rouge our, our new orleans one he uh he pops off at Michael Thomas for just kind of venting and being able to say, you know, like, haha, because like if, if you were a player on the saints, wouldn't you want to vent and just be excited that the Vikings lost? Or would you want to be a little more just like, whatever it is, what it is like, what kind of person are you when it comes to that? I don't think it's a good look for Michael Thomas at all. I mean, why take a shot at a team that beat you the week before? And then I don't know. I think Mike Thomas is very well liked. And he's known as the best, you know, the best at his position. So to me, he can only hurt from, he sounds whining to me, but I mean, I think there's one thing to vent, but then to vent on social media about a team that just beat you can come across the wrong way. Well, this is what matters. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, but look, Mike Thomas is just, I, obviously like that was at 1249 AM. Um, he was probably, probably getting a little fucked up, feeling a little tipsy, just kind of feeling himself. And, and he's a human being like everyone else, even though he's a football player. We, we can't hold, have these double standards, okay? If, if you're a human being and, and you get a little something-something in you, you want to speak your mind. And I get that he needs to be a role model and things like that because he's got a large platform. But, you know, there, there's a lot of other people out there that have large platforms that say whatever the fuck they want. We don't look at them like that. So the way I see it is this. Andrew Doak from WWL. Um, he's the sports reporter, uh, Texas Tech alum, uh, fan of drivers off the deck, going for two in the win and telling stories. He's in New Orleans looking at the profile picture. Dude's got – he's rocking the vest with the button up like from 2010. Looks like a magician, low key. So I'm going to go ahead and just side with Michael Thomas on this one. But he's already deleted – Andrew Doak's already deleted all of his tweets. But the last one, Michael Thomas comes and says, watch your mouth before I have to pop you in it, before you even make it to the locker room. Good night. <laughs> he's he's deleted all of his Andrew Dote deleted obviously so he bat he body bagged the guy which he might be fired Andrew they might have fired Andrew Doke after this say like you don't talk to Michael Thomas like that he'll pop you in the mouth like you're fired yeah. get out of here yeah I'm not I'm not one to like go reply to Mike Thomas on Twitter so like my take is strictly I just don't see the I don't see the need to jab or like poke the Vikings who have now beat the Saints what twice and is that four years in the playoffs? Twice in four years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I the, the, there's a level of saltiness. I get it. But the, the, it all started because Andrew Doak said, if your team was eliminated from the playoffs, it's usually not the best idea to talk smack all day on Twitter to the team that sent you to your couch for the rest of the season. That's not what Saints fans want to hear right now when Michael Thomas is just trying to say, ha-ha. Yeah. And then Cam Jordan's like inviting the Vikings to come watch the rest of the games on his couch with him. I like Cam Jordan's approach. That was cool. He was like, Hey guys, I got room on the couch. That's pretty um, funny to me. Yeah. Y'all come chill with me. Michael Thomas was a little bit more sad, but Michael Thomas is just like, damn, why not me? You know what I mean? 
He had a tweet. Yeah. You want to get cryptic? We can get cryptic and we can save it for another episode. But he had a tweet where he said something about it was it was referring to something like we gonna shine and like he's in the background and like Drew Brees is like he's not side by side with Drew, but Drew's like up here and Mike's just kind of like back here, like on his own. So you can read into that however you want. But you know, is that a recent tweet? Yeah, it was it was kind of recent. Where it was it, it, it to me it was just kind of saying like Hey, I'm backing up a little bit off you, Drew. We 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 gotta we gotta do something. So hmm. there's something to chew on for the rest of the week. Go check that out. Anyway, enough of that. Vikings out. 49ers moving on. They're staying home. Green Bay's coming over there. NFC. 49ers complete domination in terms of I don't know if you saw the second half of this game, but there was a point in the game where they ran the ball like 14 straight times and they couldn't stop it. Just wanted yeah, to throw that so in there. that was that was the part of the game, and like I said, I was out of town for most of the weekend. I caught like the first half, so now would be the time that you could fill me oh. along with the listeners <laughs> that might have missed this. So do tell. So that's why. Do that's tell. why. That's why you opened up with um, talking about Jimmy G's looks and. Kyle Shanahan and uh, Kirk Cousins. There we go. Sometimes people have to go on business trips. So anybody listening <laughs> to this show that wants us to just like live this life 100%, start sending us money on Cash App and PayPal, and I'll watch everything and never have to go on business trips again. <laughs> now I know where the now I know where the minivan talks coming they're, from. They're, You're like, All right. I think a lot of people are going to figure out now, like, oh, this is why Chase talks about random shit because he's he's on these business trips. <laughs> That's so funny. No, but I just had to, I had to highlight the the fact that Kyle Shanahan at one point in the game was literally going to, he literally looked at his playbook and said, we're going to run the ball right up the middle until they stop it. And the 49ers ended up scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Dude, like, run through a motherfucker's face. Marshawn Lynch's mentality. I like it. They just need to continue that. But I mean, that's the kind of shit that Shanahan does, man. Like he just won't yeah. sit down. If you got that momentum rolling, like you can't stop it. And you, and, and you can look at the team's eyes on TV and know when they're defeated. That was kind of like uh it was kind of like today with the Texans, dude. Once that momentum shifted, it was done. There was nothing they could do. It's true. It was just over, completely over. But, yeah, so um, wrapping in that good try for the Vikings, um, they're not a bad team. I mean, we'll be real. It does make it look a lot worse for the Saints. Like I said, I'm just of the belief that, like we talked about it last week, bad play calling, um, clock management, and um, – not using the correct QBs when, when you're, you know, when you, when you're, when you're rolling the dice and you're hitting sevens, don't decide to go play fucking bingo. You know what I mean? Does that make any yeah. sense? Well, to me, your first two points made a lot of sense in terms of bad clock management, um, bad play calling. And then also it makes you wonder how the saints cannot establish any sort of running game. Cause obviously the Vikings. Yeah. What was capable. it? 15, 15 attempts. Right. And in the entire game. Saints have been able to run the ball most of the year, at least somewhat effectively. I know Kamar didn't have the best year, but anyways. Use Latavius more. Yeah, it's over. It's in the past. Wild card. Whatever. We got to move on. So let's let's move on to where the energy has shifted, and let's go into a game that that I did get to pay the majority of the attention to um, <coughs> this weekend. And excuse me for the coughing and the because uh, I'm still getting the over strep throat. It. Yeah, it's still it's still there. The bacteria is gone. The fever's gone, but the the throat is uh is still healing, still processing. Um, so I appreciate you guys for bearing with me through this episode with that, but 
Ravens, Titans, I knew from the go, and I've been telling you guys from the go, I'm riding the hot hand with the Titans. I'm putting all of my energy that I would be putting into the Saints right now into that team. Um, So I'm just like a total fanboy of the Titans right now. Wore a hat this weekend. um, And uh, for for most of you guys that don't know what I do, I do, uh, do social media for a camper dealership. So we were at a camping expo. I rocked out a uh, baby blue uh, polo with some Navy Callaway golf shorts, some gray tinnies, and I had a Titan snapback. And everyone there was just like, like, so man, confused. you're a long way from home. This and that. Uh, and I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm actually a Saints fan, but they're not in the playoffs right now. And the Titans are. And I was like, and my buddy lives in Nashville that does a sports show with me. And so I'm just carrying that energy, but he doesn't really like them because they beat his team. And then I really confused them. And then they all just stopped talking to me and I walked away. So that's kind of it was a conversation ender. Yeah, it was because they, they, they were just, they didn't want to figure it out anymore because now everybody's just LSU fans. So that's what happens. LSU. LSU. Yeah. LSU go buy the shirt on the Teespring store. LSU. You might not get it for tomorrow, but it will come in. Got to get the LSU shirt. Rock it. Rock it hard. Um, so game starts out. Everyone's picking the Ravens. I'm loving it. I'm like, the, these TV analysts, they have no idea. And, and, and coincidentally, they were the home team. So, of course, they were favored. Um, and, you know, it, it's, no, it's no one's fault if they didn't pick the Titans. I took the Titans money line, of course. You know me. Um, and, and it worked out. And it was my uh, – my, my first sports book bet at the playoffs and look and, and look at us, you know, here we are now We're, we got some money in the bank. Titans, the team of destiny. Is that Dude, what we're witnessing? Yeah, this is what's happening. So they, they win me money. They're doing the damn thing. No one thought it could happen. Lamar Jackson, first and foremost, before I even get into the game, I know what's coming for all the people that are on Twitter and that are on Facebook or other outlets of social media, people on television that are trashing Lamar Jackson right now after that game, go ahead and just get rid of all your Ravens gear, all your Lamar Jackson gear, and go donate to a third world country. Don't burn it. Don't be selfish. Um, Stop watching football and uh, realize that you are a complete – an utter idiot that is just absurd. I don't even know how else to explain it. There are literally people trashing this man after having literally having a 35 fantasy point game with 365 passing yards, one touchdown, 143 rushing yards. Okay. Dude had two interceptions. I get it. It was not what people expected of Lamar. But the Titans are hot. Yeah, he's not the only reason they lost by any means. Yeah. This, this, they got outplayed. And so Lamar is going to be wrecking shop in the AFC for a long time coming as long as he can stay healthy and continue on his game. So for the people that are giving him shit after this game, but get fucked. This man is amazing. He's an amazing asset to the NFL as a quarterback and everything else. The John Harbaugh, they just got outplayed. That's it. Right. The Ravens got outplayed. The Titans, team of destiny. It's here. It's happening. We're seeing this. When is the last time you can literally say that 
the Titans outplayed someone. Like, I, I can't even remember ever. In the playoffs? It, just ever. Like, 2000 uh, was the last time they were in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. It's been a long time that I can think of the Titans having this sort of success. And um, think about if they go to Fox. They went to Foxborough, won the game, and they went to Baltimore to win. Now they're going to go to Arrowhead. And if they pull that off, I think that's entering a new territory of, of special. So this is, this is the dawn of a new era for Nashville. <laughs> I'm probably going to pick up and move to Nashville. Most def- John yeah, most definitely going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, because of Janu, but not just because of Janu, Tommy Tannehill, Henry Hustle. Um, I've already given these guys nicknames. You know what I mean? Like, like we're here. Like, this is happening. This is real. Um, this is like the definition of how you successfully become a bandwagon fan and do it in an, ele- in an electric manner. Yeah. Either they either pisses people off or they instantly fall in love with you. Yeah, and that's and that's where we are. That's what you're right going now. for, then. I like it. I respect yeah, that. Yeah. So, like, when I come to Nashville, I can rock my Titans gear and feel 100 percent confident and comfortable because, like, I feel like I have convinced myself enough that I am a Titans fan. So, like, that's where we are. And then the beauty of it is too is that, like, you're saying, defeated Belichick in Foxborough, the mentor, the student becomes the teacher. Okay, and then you got him going in to Baltimore. <laughs> I definitely think that they can do this. I think that they can defeat the Chiefs in Arrowhead with that momentum that they have rolling right now. They're going to continue rolling, and I'm telling you, this is if if I can make a comparison of this right now as far as the coaching goes. You look at uh, NCAA. You look at uh, Dabo and Saban. It's like Vrabel and Belichick. That's like the new standard. You see what I'm saying? The correlation there? You picking up I what do. I'm putting down? Okay. I'm picking it up. I think we need to see a little bit more from Vrabel, though. This is just one year, right? We need to see more mustache Vrabel. More mustache Vrabel and make sure Vrabel's not kicking a field goal when he's down 13 and seven minutes left. He needs to stop doing Look, that. We're all human. Some people make mistakes. The, the thing to, to see here is that we won the game. Ryan Tannehill, though. But let's just start there with this game, okay? So right out, right out the gate, it was absolute electricity. I think that it was, it was as soon as the Titans got that first interception, I was like, okay, here we go. And then Janu scores the first touchdown of this game, the, the butt catch, cheek play, the butt cheek play, the catch that this man made. Okay, I was like, this is it. They're winning this game. Browse. Oh, my God, dude. I had the biggest erection of all time. When Jonu Smith opens up a game with a touchdown, like when he's the first one that scores, it's an instant win. I already the biggest know Titans game of the year? Yes, yes. Well, now we have another biggest Titans game of the year coming. That's the, that's, that's the beauty of it is that every week is the biggest game that the Titans have had in over a decade. You see what I'm saying? beautiful (laughs) yeah so like this is a what a time to be alive for titans fans i I absolutely loved going to nissan stadium when i came up to nashville with you like i love the energy you you you, and i I was telling you in there even though we were playing the saints i was like dude i love the energy of this place that you got you got the dubstep music cranking in like a country music town that you don't see that all the time that was my element dude i was in my element there but when i might be coming to nashville some just to rock titans gear might be happening is it possible that my winning tradition of uh, the Patriots is somehow rubbing off on Nashville, and that's why we're seeing the Titans reach new heights? 
I, I love where you're going with this. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. So now it's time for you to just become a Titans fan because you live there. I'm like an under-the-radar low-key Titans fan. I just can't be more than – I'm a, he I'm a Patriots it. fan first. But I, I'm a Saints fan I, first. I was caught – I have a question. Was I allowed to root for the, for the Titans even though they beat my team the week before? Am I allowed to root for the Titans? Absolutely. That's, it's a sign of respect. It just feels dirty, though. Right. See, like, for me, like, if the Vikings would have beat the 49ers, I would have no choice but to respect them. But they didn't. If the Titans would have lost to the Ravens this week, then you could do the same thing. But because they beat the Ravens, it's a sign of respect. You have to give the Titans respect. And they're right there in your backyard. So why not go get that Tannehill jersey that I wrote about in my blog for you to go do? If, if, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I get anybody's jersey, it's going to be a, a one Derrick Henry. Henry Hustle. Got to do the Henry, Henry Hustle. Hustle. Just get Hustle on the back of it instead of Henry, though. Man. I saw something wild. I saw something on Twitter that said the last time an NFL quarterback had consecutive games with two consecutive games less less than 100 passing yards, and the team won both games. The last time that happened was like 1940 or something. Something just bizarre, and that's what's happened with Tannehill and the Titans because, I mean, let's be honest. It's not Tannehill's fault. They just, they're giving Derrick Henry the ball 30 times, and people can't stop him. So, And, and I'm so – glad to finally see Derrick Henry get to this point because he has been that one fantasy player that you always reach for in the draft and then you get let down but it's like now he's finally it's taken him a little bit of time but I think that we're here now and and definitely with this kind of confidence behind that team and behind him we we could be looking at the at the new Lev Bell of the league in Nashville He's dominating. I've never seen a guy that size be able to run that fast. It doesn't make any kind of logical sense, honestly. 195 so. rushing yards. Dude had no touchdowns in this game, dude. And he had 29 fantasy points. Monstrous. It's nuts. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like there's no comparison that gives him justice because there's never been anybody like him. It's like he's got the strength of a um, prime Marshawn Lynch, but he's got the speed of someone. I don't even know who you want to throw out there, but he's obviously way faster and way more athletic than Marshawn Lynch, but he is just, a hybrid all together. Dude was made in a laboratory. Henry Hustle. Exactly. Love it. So him, Tannehill played great, two touchdowns, and then he had one rushing touchdown, which I loved, and somehow managed to get 18 fantasy points, but whatever, fuck it, it is what it is. Titans defense, though, Vrabel has figured out how to get that momentum right. And I feel like they just have a couple more pieces to put together, and they've mm -hmm. got a kick-ass defense. Yeah, they're going to get the real test uh, this upcoming week. If they this can, this is it. The juggernaut is going to be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, if they can stop him, like, but I feel like if they, they stop Lamar, dude, they stop Lamar. But they were kind of like the the baby juggernaut. The Ravens were kind of that, and we have to yeah. be honest about it. And so, you don't have to stop them, like. Okay, so you can limit them and then create the turnover, right? Because there's there's two ways of looking at this, and it's you got to stop Patrick Mahomes that offense, or you can just say you have to make sure you turn him over twice. See what I'm saying? Like you can, right. if you can get two turnovers, maybe you don't have to stop him from getting touchdowns as much as you as much as you think. Because Derrick Henry's a beast; he can run eight minutes a clock. So that's the type of game the Titans are going to have to have to win, where they just chew up clock, time of possession. 
put Pat Mahomes on the bench, kind of like the old Patriot way, you know, where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick would dominate the, the time of possession. And then that's basically what happened in Arrowhead last year when the Patriots beat the um, the Chiefs was Sony Michelle and the running game. Right. And you know good and damn real that Vrabel watches that film because we saw right. him do what Belichick did to Adam Gase in the wild card game. You know that they're, he's going to be taking notes from what the Patriots did to defeat the Chiefs in last year's AFC championship game. And he's going to apply that to his team. And that's what smart coaches do, though. And if Vrabel does this successfully, dude, he's there. He's it. There will be a statue of this man in Nashville. It will happen. He'll be the guy. He'll be the one. Um, but uh, another another cat that came out of nowhere for 3,000 on DraftKings was Khalif Raymond, wide receiver. Um, he, had, he was one of the guys that had the touchdown. He had 11 fantasy points. Other than that, it was just kind of dudded down. My boy Janu, nine fantasy points, not bad for a tight end at 3,400. Got to give that, um, mostly from the main catch. The big thing to note in this game that was on the other side of the ball at the Ravens, we saw um, a glimpse of Hayden Hurst, second-year tight end, and what he can offer to this offense. He ended up having 15 fantasy points. He had one touchdown, 53 yards. We already knew that Lamar Jackson, if he's not running the ball, he wants to throw the ball to the tight end. Um, right. Marquise Brown was the other guy that, you know, kind of, yeah, 22 fantasy points kind of, kind of could speculate that one coming. It just seems like it was the Brown boys. I wrote about that in my blog as well. AJ Brown, Hollywood Brown, you know, gotta love it. Ugly game for AJ Brown two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Not the best, but they just for, haven't needed for John. Yeah. No, Derek yeah. Henry, you don't need it. Yeah, you really don't you can't get mad at these um, Titans weapons. If you roster them, you're accepting the possibility that the Titans might only throw the ball 15 times. So it's just like a risk you're taking. Right. But you can almost certainly count on Janu definitely getting some crazy catch in the end zone. And uh, got to highlight Corey Davis's touchdown because thank God he didn't get another goose egg. That's all I got to say to that. I had yeah, such one Davis. catch, three yards. Yeah. Seven fantasy points on that one. But hey, he served a purpose. He got a little bit of points. He, he bumped you up if you did play him. Not bad on that end. Miles um, Boykin was another guy I had on the Ravens. He ended up with like five fantasy points. So, But there wasn't a whole lot going on. with, uh, with Mark Andrews was a huge disappointment. Um, but other than that, like I said, the, the name to watch, I think, is Hayden Hurst coming up now. Um, Mark, Mark and him will still be used in that split tight end set. But I think that Hayden Hurst is definitely going to start getting a little bit more in rhythm with Lamar, and we might see him a little bit more featured next season. Um, main question now, though, is with the running game, we did see Gus Edwards in there. Mark Ingram's been kind of dealing with some injury. Do the Ravens let go of Mark Ingram now that he is aging, um, or, or, do, or do they they hold on to him? Because that's something that I can't figure out what they're going to do. I want to say that they're going to get rid of him. Well, well, he's under contract, so I mean, he's he's not going anywhere unless they trade him or if they cut him. But yeah, I think. I'm, what are you thinking? Go ahead. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking call. a trade's coming, but that's why I wanted to get with you. Like, where, what do you, what would you see, or what would they get? What do they need? For for me, I, I think that just trying to get one more marquee wide receiver in there. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be much of a market for a trade. You're not gonna get much, maybe a draft pick, but it's running backs are hard to to move in trades. And honestly, I mean, I think 
it's a reasonable contract. So the Ravens kind of in a situation where if he's not performing the way he needs to, he's not going to really hurt them financially. They just move on to more of a, a Gus Edwards and a Justice Hill. Um, yeah, do you even need a running back on that team anymore? <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. I mean? <laughs> exactly. That's what it's just like. I mean, who's going to go move a lot of talent to get Mark Ingram at 30, 31 years old? And um, 30, 31 years old with a lot of miles on the legs and several different injuries now, right? Right. So, Got to love the uh, Tajay Sharp coming out in the post game, though, talking about big trust in Derrick Henry. So that's been transferred <laughs> to the Titans. So love the energy. But, yeah, that was my favorite game of the weekend, hands down. Um, and I think your favorite game, let's go ahead and get into that today. Um, last game to talk about, I got to watch about the first quarter of this game, and then we were, we were packing up shop at the, uh, the Camper Expo that I was at for the day job. So they get to watch a whole lot of this. So I know you're going to be the one to cover most of this probably for the listeners. But um, I looked at my phone. I started this game. I took the Texans just because I was, I was wanting to see that AFC South uh, uh, AFC championship game. And uh, I really felt like uh, it was just the season of upset for the AFC South so that maybe they could do it again in another form. But the Texans are by no means the Titans. And uh, how do you get 24 to nothing and then have to deal with 40 unanswered points right after that? Yeah. Butt chin Bill O'Brien, the black hole on his face, sucked the life out of his team once again. Um, This was the wildest. Okay. I've been alive 26 years. I've never seen anything like this game. If you count just the overall way that game started – and you could hear a pin drop in Airhead. I mean, it was like everything was going wrong. They were dropping the football, talking about the Chiefs. They getting a, a punt blocked. Everything was going wrong for them. And then Bill O'Brien decides to run a fake punt from his own 30. And it was like everyone on the Chiefs said, okay, here's our chance. And the momentum that that, that switched – was just unlike anything I've ever seen. Right. I think it was 41. How many points unanswered? 41? 41 unanswered points um, yeah. before they before Deshaun Watson ran one in again. Yeah, I was literally sitting. Um, I had to go to a booth to find the TV. And that was when I remember the last play I saw, I, was, I tweeted out. I was like, the Texans are holding all the cards right now to allow the momentum shift. And they blocked – the Chiefs blocked one of their punts. And I was like, this is where it matters. If they let that momentum shift right now, it's over. And they did, and it was fucking over. Travis Kelsey, 44 fantasy points today. You're talking about the fake punt that didn't go well, not a block punt, right? Well, the fake punt happened, but then there was a block punt. And when that block punt happened, that's when I was like, okay. Like, when the Chiefs got the ball from it, because there was a a Texans block punt. And then there was the Chiefs. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, if they let this shift, it's done. And they did. But after that, 44 points at the end of the day for Travis Kelsey with three touchdowns, 134 receiving yards, 10 receptions, absolutely nuts. Mahomes with 41, two 40 burgers between Kelsey and Mahomes. And then Damian Williams has just resurged back to life. Um, 
how 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 high is he going to be drafted next season for all the people that fucking he busted for this year and now it's like we see in this and now he's right back to where he was like he's like the derrick henry of last year this year <laughs> like you know what i mean like right people are going to be yeah, he, going people were so mad about drafting him and now he's looking like the player that i mean he's looked like a top five running back the past if you just look at the past three weeks, I know it's a small sample size, but he's going to be right back in the mix, like you said, for a high draft for a high draft pick, and we'll see who takes who takes the bait. I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know where I'm gonna stand on that as a Chiefs uh, running back. Look, as long as he as long as he's healthy and he's rolling, man, I don't think we'd have any issues. Just because like Kansas City always finds a way to make their running backs good, especially when they're the young ones. But like you know, when you bring in somebody um, like they did this year, and and you have him running out there and doing his thing, it's like the young ones have always surpassed, and the young ones are always the ones that fit really well in Andy Reid's like offense, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But now there is that passing game there with Mahomes, so yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough call. I'm not going after him. I'll put it to you that way, plain and simple. He's just not somebody that I really care to have. If I want to have anybody from that team, it's obviously a receiver or Mahomes himself. But um, yeah, this is their this is their one chance. Me me getting off the Titans fandom, and I think that you made the your call for the Super Bowl. Mine's completely done. Yours is still very much in motion with the Chiefs and the Forty Niners. Um, this is this is his time with the silly playoff season that we've had. This is Andy Reid's time to get that Super Bowl. And, I mean, all they got to do really is if they if they get past the Titans this week, um, I, I, I would be safe to say that it's pretty much in the bag. Man, I don't know. I know we're Shanahan boys, and I get it, but I'd be pretty safe to say Wait, that it's in the bag. So you, so you think the Titans are going to win, but you think if they don't win – the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers. Is that right? I think the Chiefs could beat the 49ers. But okay, with the momentum the, the Titans, Titans with the momentum the Titans have, I just want to see Titans 49ers at this point. I definitely want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think that the the Titans, if the Titans can beat the Chiefs, the Titans can beat the 49ers. Okay, I'm just trying to get through the rationale. So the Titans are going to beat the Chiefs, or you think they're going to beat the Chiefs? But if the Chiefs beat the Titans, they have the next game in the bag. Is that right? A- AFC wins the Super Bowl this year. Okay. So if you're picking the AFC, you're out on the 49ers carrying the momentum. Yeah. AFC wins okay. the Super Bowl this year. Inter- interesting. Interesting. I've had to make around. I've had to make my I've had to make my choices. Okay. You know I'm 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 taking the Chiefs. I'm sticking with Chiefs 49ers and Chiefs win. Um I want to highlight that from this Texans Chiefs game. So the better team won. I'm happy with that. Obviously. The Texans the Texans getting up twenty four zero was kind of fluke, kind of a fluke. I mean, they had a they had a blocked punt for a touchdown, and then also they uh, Tyreek Hill received a punt at the ten and, and fumbled it. So two of the scores for the Texans out of the twenty four points were very very fluky, and then we saw the onslaught that came. But I just want to highlight that that the Texans really people are going to all blame um, Bill O'Brien, and that's you know we're not Bill O'Brien fans here. But the better players won today, so I just want to throw that out there and say, like, I think they were outplayed, and Bill O'Brien just made it way worse. Yeah, so that's why Bill O'Brien should be fired. 
<laughs> and, I, and I told you this earlier on the phone for all the listeners, for yeah. guys listening now, we, we obviously have phone conversations before we record these shows. Um, I was telling Drew, like literally, like he needs to be fired. Josh McDaniels has nowhere to go. This is his perfect opportunity to roll into Houston. Could be a crazy take. I think that it would be a great fit for McDaniels. I agree with you on that. I just don't think it's going to happen, but I agree that that they would be way better off trying something like that. They would be beautiful. It's a possibility now because they know he's out there in the balance. So it's just all about making it happen. And if they're going to do it, the time is now. Cause I think you even said it yourself when he was interviewing for the Browns job, he wanted full control and he wanted a complete culture change. And I think that the Texans would allow him to do that way more than the Browns because Jimmy Haslam is just a complete idiot that has that has no business running a football team at this point. Yeah, I I wish that Deshaun Watson's career would not be wasted with Bill O'Brien. I, I just don't think it's going to work out there. But I think Deshaun Watson's like a class act, and I think he's even come out with support of Bill O'Brien after the game. So that's not going to play well for people that want him fired just because people – I mean, he's already the GM and the coach. So basically you're going to have to have the owner come in and say – all right, we, we want a playoff game, and I'm going to fire the coach because he got blown out by the better team. So it's just – that's what that's the case I'm putting out there. Do I think it would be a good football move? Absolutely. I think that Josh McDaniels would do great things with Deshaun Watson. I just – I've watched this happen with the Texans, and it's like they're doomed. It's kind of like they're doomed for what happened with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. That's what's happening. With, what's up, Texas football, man? Just yeah. Texas football. It's the same. It's the same thing playing out. The biggest state for football is like the worst state for football. Oofs. So tough to be a fan. Uh, backing up and going into the Browns. So the Browns. Browns made a coaching hire. Let's talk a little bit about some uh, some NFL coaching hires, some NFL memes, some memes from the week, some fun stuff. Um, go ahead and in- introduce our our new coach to the Cleveland Browns, Drew. <laughs> One Kevin Stefanski, also known as Freddie Kitchens. Stefanski, Stefanski. All right, so the meme with the Freddie Kitchens thing, basically, they hired the same guy. <laughs> yeah, like same much. resume. Basically, like a yeah, like a young off, or not even young, just an offensive minded, supposed to be offensive minded coach that's only had play calling responsibilities for one year, or maybe two seasons. In in the case of um, I can't remember. I think it shared responsibilities for the Vikings. Yeah. Well, but, one thing Matt, Matthew Barry had kind words to say about him on his Instagram. Really? Um, yeah, I did see that where he was talking about this is really good for Nick Chubb. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the guy, but if – It's going to be a run-first offense for sure. For right. Sure. The main thing, though, is getting that team on board with that and getting Baker on board with saying this is not your team. This is Nick Chubb's team. Right. That's the hard part. And he so, was very – so a, a big highlight or thing that's come out um, since the hiring is that he's very pro-analytics and he's going to get along with some of the, the Browns organizational people. And the rumor was that Josh McDaniels wanted to basically build his own culture, his own uh, organization there, and that's what kind of removed that, – that's what the Browns did not want to hear is the rumor and who can blame McDaniels for wanting to change things from the Browns, the way their franchise has been run. Um, 
yeah that's what you said before we got on to record you were saying that of course that's something you'd ask for so yeah exactly so it's just uh it's unfortunate i guess the browns are just meant to well i mean we'll we'll see we'll see what happens i think he's i I think he's you could have gone worse with the hire like to me that's a better hire than joe judge yeah joe judge is oof you got matt rule in uh in carolina which is a man that wears x-ray vests uh to work every day that's gonna be fun (laughs) and he drools he's a big drooler some um, weird head coaches hired this year. Yeah, just not very exciting. Like headliners. Not at all. David Spade went to Twitter uh, when Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy were uh, on their press conference. Literally, like compared it to when like him and Chris Farley were on SNL. That was hilarious. One of the best photos that I've seen. You can look it up. It's everywhere online. If you haven't seen it yet, you're living under a rock. Um, it's a hilarious comparison. One of the best comparisons I've seen um, in a while. And it's so accurate because Mike McCarthy's so fat now. He looks like he <laughs> ate like it's like it's like almost like I didn't want to believe it was actually Mike McCarthy. It was just like Chris Christie wearing a Mike McCarthy costume, like just chilling with his buddy Jerry Jones. That's what it looked like. So yeah, he looked like he he had like a Thanksgiving meal and then didn't know where he was after. Right. He was very confused looking. Like he's definitely got like like shaved fat face is not a good face to have. Um, he's definitely got to get the beard back. <laughs> like we're gonna, oh, we're gonna sure. have to hope for that because that he looks just like Jabba the Hutt's like offspring right now. It's yeah, he like, looks like he just got away with like a he stole the job type look. Like he literally confused Jerry Jones enough to where he hired him. He threw some buzzwords in there and got the job. He looks like a man that put a fully like uh, cooked turkey into his sweatpants and tried to rob it from a, a grocery store. He that's the the face that he has in that photo. Um, he looks we need like, to get him into some, some like some incredible like baggy sweats just to add to it. I don't yes, know. that's all I want him to wear is just nothing but like gray like Sherman clump from the Nutty Professor sweatsuit, like straight <laughs> up from like the Nutty Professor nineteen like in the nineties with like Eddie Murphy. Like he's got to like rock that look just with like and not even like an official NFL Dallas Cowboys star, but just like an outline of one with a Sharpie. Like that needs to be the outfit that we see for Mike McCarthy every game on Sunday. Looks like he ate Jerry Jones, threw him up and was smiling about it in that photo. There's nothing uh, that that photo is just incredible. Go look it up. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Out of all the new head coaches, who I'm not going to say next year because obviously you can just take the better roster and it makes it an easy makes it an easy answer but who has the most success in the next five years like who still has their job in five years out of all the new coaches Ron Rivera Ron Rivera with the Redskins Ron Rivera with the Redskins hands down he's going to turn that organization around okay um you got a lot you know I I'm a big believer in in and I know we got a lot of work for Haskins but I see a lot of good things coming for Haskins love Terry McLaurin um I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Darius guys healthy or not, but if they can, if they can get him healthy and because he's, not, a, he's only running back. Yeah. They, they have to find another one, but, but he's, he is literally one more injury away from being done. Rivera's not going to hold yeah. on to that. Um, so yeah, next year is his only chance, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of youngins in that offense. And I think that Ron Rivera can shape it up pretty well. They hired a lot of people from Carolina too. So uh, I think Darius Geis actually had the joke on Twitter. He's like the Carolina Redskins or like the Washington Panthers or something like that. I don't know. 
But um, I, I think that Rivera will be around for a while, and I think that he's going to do really well in Washington. I'm looking forward to seeing that team actually get some structure and some growth in the NFC East, and I think Rivera is going to bring that smoke to the East, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Jerry, a lot of pressure on uh, on Gettleman, and um, you know, and God, yeah, it's the Eagles are just kind of like whatever they're they're, they're in their area. It's it's whatever, but. Yeah, the Redskins are definitely going to have a resurgence here in the next two to three years, um, mm. and we could even see them win the division. Um, that that's where I'm at with it. I really believe in that. I believe in Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, baby, Casino, get ready. Beautiful things coming. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Going to leave it at that. Um, Got to leave it at that. But yeah, with that, um, last thing I want to say before we shut down, I open like I said, I opened the show up with some rush. Uh, Neil Peart passed away, brain cancer. I know you're probably not really big into it when it comes to the music stuff. I know it's a little bit more my wheelhouse with some of these bands and going into depth with them. But um, if you didn't know Rush, uh, I grew up on Rush. My dad was a Rush fan. So every time we would go on the boat, go fishing or whether we were, you know, just in the truck riding around, like my dad would keep the Rush CD in. And I grew up on Tom Sawyer, Spirit of the Radio, Limelight. Those are like some of the three most popular songs that they have. But um, go watch the documentary on Netflix. There's a Rush documentary. You can literally like learn all about the band. Neil Peart was just a legend. The dude was an incredible drummer, uh, pioneered a lot, was a writer, wrote some of the most off-the-wall crazy lyrics. It was a, definitely a new age for rock when Rush took over. So so much respect for the band, so much respect for Neil Peart, RIP, sad day for the classic rock world and uh, for the music world in general. But love you and uh, fly high out there in the universe, my man. Other than that, uh, you have any last words, Drew, to, to recap this before we uh, close out and then take the week to get ready for the AFC and the NFC championship game? I don't. I'm excited about these these two matchups. I think we got some really unexpected playoffs so far, but really exciting matchups here for the for the conference championships. I'm loving it. Wild, wacky season. Championship game, a couple weeks away from the Super Bowl. Guys, enjoy the national championship game. LSU Clemson. Gonna have some fun. Gonna actually watch some college football. I'm gonna do it. You know, chill out, watch some college ball. Probably what your second game all year. Mm-hmm. Second game of the year. Um, the other one, LSU Alabama. I'm guessing. Yeah, LSU Alabama. Watched that one. I uh, watched like a quarter of the uh, LSU Ohio. Uh, was it LSU? No, LSU Oklahoma. Oh, there you go. Watched a little bit of that one. Um, chewing some gum right now. Channeling my MP <laughs> Carroll. And um, yeah, that's a show. Episode 128. It's been real. Been fun. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. I will have my voice back. Um, and um, yeah, let's fucking rock and roll. All right, sports. Party. Let's hear a repeat. Repeat. Repeat.